Hey everybody, this is a very special two-part episode for any printer or agency that wants to learn how to grow revenue by selling OptiChannel services to their clients. So if you're not familiar with OptiChannel and what that entails, what that's all about, and how that helps you service your clients better, then you definitely want to check out this episode. On the other hand, if you're already somewhat familiar and you're trying to do this for your clients, there are some really interesting things that we are learning by being on cutting edge, the bleeding edge, if you will, of this movement that I want to bring to you and I want you to understand I want you to be able to learn so the way we're going to do this this is going to be a two-part episode part one I'm going to discuss with Mackenzie who I've had on the show before some of these trends some of these things that you need to know and look after working for a decade with thousands of printers and agencies and marketing services companies around the world it's really clear that there are a small set of common strategies that are correlating with success for these folks not many people talk about these they are kept secret by the industry but i do want to share those with you so that you can understand how to better market and sell these opti-channel digital services to your clients so that's where we're going to start then in the next episode, I'm going to come back with Mackenzie and actually take live questions from the studio audience. So this was recorded live with a live studio audience of agencies, printers, marketing services company. And I'm going to take their questions. We're going to take their questions as they come in and answer them live. So that'll be in the next episode. If you want to hear from your peers, what's on their mind, what are they trying to solve? What kind of problems are they looking at? You're definitely going to want to hear that episode. Now, before we jump into the episode, there's one more thing I want you to know. Look, I want to get your feedback. I want you to go over to iTunes and I want you to to give us a rating and leave us a review and something i picked up from my friend aj wilcox he's got a fantastic podcast on linkedin ads you should look him up on itunes or wherever you get your podcast but what i noticed that he does is he reads some of those reviews during the intro of his podcast and i thought what a fantastic way for you for those who are listening whether you're a printer or an agency marketing services company to get your name and your company heard by thousands of people soon. We're heading to tens of thousands of people that are tuning in to this show. And so if you leave a rating and leave a review, I'll feature you and your review, read it on the air, and you'll get additional exposure in front of the community and give you a little incentive to go over there and rate and review this podcast, all right? So with that, let's go ahead and jump right into today's episode. I know it sounds cliche, but the world has changed. It's very simple, but it's also really profound in the implications on all of you as printers, agencies, marketing services providers. It's profound because as companies, heck, even as people who have a message to share, who have a message to communicate, things are different. And the change that we argue predicated on this notion of what we call opti-channel. And it starts very simply with the understanding that producing content correctly is the easiest way for everyone to reach their goals. Now, you might think, wait, that's the change? What do you mean? Why do you say this, Dave? I'd argue that whether you're in print, whether you're looking for a job or looking for love, I found this as I was preparing for today's material. Look at this. Somebody created a billboard, right? Looking for his next wife, exclusive VIP event, June 7th, even has a, a girl, a generic URL on there. That's content, right? This is how you get your message to people. This is true for you. This is true for your clients. I was pulling that image and I came across this one. Thought it was hilarious. This kid gets it, right? Datebraden.com. If the millionaire doesn't work out, here's your chance to settle for much, much less. So he created this content along with the URL to piggyback off the other guy. Actually, somebody here should probably hire this dude. He's pretty bright. But you get the idea, right? Let me build on that thesis, this idea of content, producing content and sharing it daily on the small number of platforms, channels that matter right now is the easiest way for you and for your customers to achieve the goals that they have. And you might be thinking daily, the heck are you talking about? How could I possibly do this daily? 
I want you to think about this for a second. There's three trends right now that are impacting printers, agencies, marketing services companies, almost all types of organizations. Trend number one is that your customers, your prospects are busier than ever. They don't respond to sales calls. They don't respond to your emails. They don't ask you to meet and share new ideas. This is a trend that a lot of organizations are facing right now. Number two is as much as we like to think that our customers remember everything that we can do for them. All of the services that we have, they simply don't. How many of you find that your customers are placing orders with your competitors for services and products that you offer? In fact, some, sometimes things that you've given them in the past that you've service them with in the past. And then thirdly, and this is true, I'm speaking honestly to many of my commercial print friends here, but it's true for all organizations. Customers don't view you as innovators. They're not asking you for your input on new important projects that's important for their growth. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's really important to keep in mind that because of the internet and because of the access that we have to one another, sales professionals are no longer gatekeepers to learn about your product or service or industry. This is something that I heard a while back that really profoundly stuck with me. Previously, when you didn't have access to such information that's rapidly changing, let's say you were going to buy something, you would have to ask the sales professional, hey, can you get me information about this? Can you tell me about this? But that's no longer applicable, right? And as Dave mentioned here, customers don't view you as an innovator. You want to become a value add innovator that the people that you're talking to want to come to you for information because you're adding on to what they can find on the internet, right? You're bringing them new ideas, new concepts, the latest trends, things that they can tap into. And that's really what this session is about. How can we help you go from where you are today to learning about all the brand new changes that are affecting and impacting your customer's ability to get in front of their customers, stuff that you know is brand new so that you can become closer to them by being viewed as an innovator. Because when you do that, you are someone that's indispensable. They, it's not indispensable. They want to come to you to actually get that knowledge. And that allows you to build that relationship. I see our friend uh, Kimberly Bentz over there in LinkedIn. It's great to see you, Kimberly. I see Amy adding on top of what you just said, Mackenzie, and what we just talked about here is that our clients, our customers are getting comfortable with what we do. So they don't ask anymore. And uh, as you're saying, Mackenzie, the, the salesperson is no longer that gatekeeper. So if that's true, if these trends are impacting our ability to generate new opportunities for print, let's say I'm personalizing this specifically to my print friends here but it's true for any type of organization, what's the answer? Again, and what, I, what we're arguing today is that producing content and the way we're gonna be talking about today and sharing it in the places where your customer has attention is the easiest way for you to reach your goal. And if you're saying, well, how do you do that? Whether you're a print business, or if you're thinking about how to do this for yourself as a salesperson for your own organization, as you think about not only communicating your message, but also helping your clients do the same, here's what it looks like. The framework is, I like to say, intoxicatingly simple. Number one, figure out how you best communicate for your organization or for your customer. That could be words, that could be video, that could be audio, pictures, right? Figure out the modality that's best for you or for your client if you're running them this kind of service. Number two, understand that the value that content brings must align with the needs and the interests of the consumer. It often has very little to do with your selfish desires. So the intent, the reason behind why you're communicating needs to focus on your audience. I know that sounds cliche, but it is much easier said than done. And that's where the opportunity is, folks. When you really double down on that idea, incredible things happen. Number three, you need to produce multiple pieces of content per day and you need to contextualize that for the platform or the channel. So in other words, the message that you have that you communicate out through direct mail needs to be contextualized differently for email, differently for Facebook, differently for Instagram, differently for LinkedIn, TikTok. You get the idea, right? Mackenzie, you want to add something onto here? 
Yeah, what I was going to say is sometimes people, when I when we teach this, they say, give me a little bit more of a tangible example. And this is an example that I heard that really resonates. Hopefully it helps clear it up for all of you. So think about yourself when you're at a social gathering. Think about yourself when you're at work. Think about yourself when you're at the doctor's office, right? It's still you, but you may be acting a little bit differently in all of these different settings, right? That's a natural thing. There's when you're out with your friends, you're having fun. When you're at a doctor, maybe you're more reserved and quiet, whatever it is. And so that's exactly what we want you to think about when we talk about contextualizing the platform. People are in a different frame of mind when they visit these channels, when they are in TikTok, when they are in LinkedIn, when they are in Facebook, when they are on Reddit, when they are on YouTube, there's a little, there's still them, but they're a little yeah. bit different. They're thinking about what they're expecting to see differently. And so what we're encouraging you to do is when you share that content on these different platforms to again, Think about the recipient, the frame of mind they're in, and slightly tweak or change your message or your content to keep that in mind. And one easy tip, if you're not really sure where to start, if you're producing video and you're sharing it, all you need to do is, hey, LinkedIn, super excited you're here. Hey, Facebook, super excited you're here. You've contextualized that. You've made them feel like, oh, I'm in the right place. And then fourthly, lastly, learn to siphon. That's a strange word and you're wondering how does that pertain to marketing here but what it means is you need to learn the strategies for taking those conversations those engagements that are happening across these optimal channels i'm going to tell you more about what i mean there in a second and you need to learn how to engage those folks if you're doing this for your customer you need to learn how to do it for them and bring this in bring this in as a lead and that's it this is what the model looks like in a picture, okay? Choose words, video, or audio, the modality of communication. Provide extreme value in the content you're producing. Broadcast it multiple times per day. I use the word tribe here to mean where your customer's tribe is hanging out. Or if you're doing this for yourself, where your audience is. So where they are, where they're present, where their attention is high, and where the cost to engage organically is low. That could be direct mail. That could be email for some of you. That could be ringless voicemail. That could be SMS. That could be Facebook. That could be LinkedIn. We're going to help you understand the nuances of these platforms, how they're relevant right now. But the basic idea is get that content out multiple times a day and then learn how to siphon engagement. Now, when I, when I talk to people about this, I often hear excuses. When they hear or they see these strategies, they say, I can't do this or I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. And so consider this for a moment. Think of it like this. If you could go back in time and buy that little shanty, is that a word, Mackenzie? Shanty? Shack? So. Right? If you could buy <laughs> that little plot of land right there, you go back in time and buy that. Today, it's worth this. That's the same opportunity you have with this strategy in these channels. Right now, LinkedIn is like that little shanty, if that's even a word. Make the investment now. It'll pay dividends in the future. What I mean is LinkedIn has incredible organic reach right now. Meaning you literally have the capacity to get your message out in front of a stadium full of people, even if you don't have very many followers or connections. Actually, Mac, I hope you don't mind. I went, I pulled this example, 891 followers. This is for you, Mackenzie. Actually, this is a little while ago, right? Before you had changed your last name. Still you, same person. 891 followers. Look at the views that she had, folks. 85,000 306. You see that? So anybody who's making the excuse saying, hey, I don't know how I'm going to tie what I'm doing in direct mail with email and LinkedIn because my client doesn't have a big LinkedIn presence or I don't have a big LinkedIn presence. Folks, the opportunity right now is one where LinkedIn is providing significant organic reach. The key is you got to provide value. That post that McKinsey that you did provided value. You have to provide value to your client's client or to your client. And that's often a, a mind shift, a change that you have to make inside your own mind. Now, let me personalize this to my print friends, okay? Delivering value that I'm talking about here is the difference between a message like, hey, hire us, we've got these cool indigos. 
which by the way, Indigos are incredible works of innovation. But in contrast to a message like that, what if you were creating content, white papers, videos, posts, LinkedIn, TikToks, giving value away, seven things you need to know when picking your next print partner. That's a silly example, but you get the idea, the difference between the two. McKinsey, yeah, did you yeah. want to add something? I was going to say that in, if you're not sure where to start, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of an advocate. That's something that I really try to focus on. How can you be an advocate for your clients and for your clients' clients? Meaning, think about what can I share for my client? What content can I produce for my client that's gonna help their clients in evaluating whatever, fill in the blank, whatever that product or services that your clients are offering and that you're offering. You need to try to advocate on their behalf by providing them information that helps their job, that helps their evaluation, that helps whatever they're trying to do, do it better, get the information, not have to go search on Google and, and find all the articles and decipher what's applicable. I know many of you employ direct mail as an example for your clients. So let me clarify something. I'm talking about digital a lot, right? But I'm not saying that you exclude direct mail. That's not the point. I'm not saying that you do SMS instead of email. I'm not saying that you do LinkedIn instead of Facebook. I'm saying you have to go where the attention of your consumer is. You have to focus on that. Even man, even if you're not on that channel, even if you don't know how to use LinkedIn, don't let that be an excuse. You got to break through that. You have to focus on where their attention is and you got to work backwards. So that could be TikTok. Who's creating content on TikTok? Who's never heard of TikTok? These days, most of you have heard of TikTok. Who's never heard of Clubhouse? There's all of these new channels. And if you're thinking something like TikTok, most of those are young people. They're little kids. Remember how this thing started, right? Remember how Facebook started and look where it's at now. I know some of you say, ah, I just can't buy that social is where I can engage my customer, my prospect, my clients, customers and prospects aren't there. And you haven't even tried or you've tried and you haven't done it. That's an excuse, folks. Don't be that person. What you need to do is you need to level up your thinking. How do you use these channels with direct mail, with print? How do you find where your customer's attention is, where your client's attention is? And like I said, it all starts without figuring out your communication style and then understanding the channels where those folks are hanging out. That's part of your job now, I argue. If you want to move to offering competitive, opti-channel digital services, if you're a printer, if you want to expand upon the print services that you're offering, or if you're an agency and you want to add more to your arsenal, this is the way you need to start thinking. It's basic, but less than 1% of companies, less than 1% of people are actually producing content on these channels. Most people just consume. That's a big opportunity. That's your strategic advantage to sell more print, more print products, more agency services, whatever it is that you do. And it's the advantage that you could provide your clients too. Now, I know when I talk to printers and some agencies and I'm talking to them about this change, there's always people who are like, you know what? I, I just don't use social. It doesn't make sense to me or it's not where my clients are hanging out. All right, I don't get LinkedIn, so I don't think my clients do either. But remember, people didn't like Elvis when he first came around. I, I wasn't around them, but I, I looked into this. He wasn't that popular a guy. But those people don't get to decide. The market, society decides, right? Society picked Elvis. The consumer picks the channels. Not you, not me. Things are changing. Back in the day, we were skinny and our TVs were fat, right? Now, after COVID, this is me here. And my TV is super skinny. Things are changing. You get the idea. Or this, right? Back then it was, dad, can you buy me batteries for my toy car? Now I'm asking my son, can you help me sync my iPhone with my tablet? Things have changed. Or think about it like this. When I was a little kid, if my friend down the street, if your friend down the street, your best friend got in trouble and was grounded, right? You were out of luck. You had nobody else to play with. 
At least that was true for me. To play with myself or find my sister or something and play with her. These days, if you look at kids, what do they do? They have access to dozens, hundreds, sometimes thousands of other people. Things are very different. If you're thinking creating this kind of personified brand for my customer or for myself feels like building a personal brand and it feels egotistical or narcissistic, some of you might know Grant Cardone, right? You might think, oh, I don't want to be like Grant. Or some of you might know this guy, right? He curses a lot. I don't want to be like that guy. Or maybe you do. But if communicating in this way rubs you the wrong way, then call it something else so it doesn't hurt your feelings. Call it marketing or something, okay? But you got to do this because the internet, this, the power that's on this device is removing everything between your product and you. The only thing that's left in there is how you're communicating with them. Printers, especially, you need to listen up here. You need to hear me. You need to take advantage. I just pulled my cell phone out and pulled up here again. You need to take advantage of what you have in your hand or that's right next to you right now. Think of it like this. Gary Vee, who I had on the screen a second ago, often says this. What's the ROI of a basketball? For me, I go up for a dunk, I end up in the hospital, right? Doesn't work. But for this guy, the ROI is billions. You all have basketballs in your hand right now. The key is, and forgive me for using the F word, you got to put in the work. You need to find out how to leverage that technology, words, video, audio, combine it with the other channels where your customer is already hanging out. It might be something that you're not familiar with. That's why we're here and get at it. All right, I'm gonna shut up here in just a second, bring Mac onto the stage. I wanna summarize everything I said. OptiChannel is finding you or your client's market in the places that they hang out so you can reverse engineer where their attention is right now and then use contextualized content to engage them and orchestrate meaningful interactions and conversations across the small number of channels that matter right now. And then you need to scale that up applying what you're learning and repeat the process. Yeah, I think one thing I just wanted to say is that sometimes people see us and they see us talking about LinkedIn a lot. I think this is a tangible example. Sure. We talked a lot about LinkedIn today, right? We are unemotional. We don't care about LinkedIn. The bottom line is, and the reason why we're talking to you a lot about LinkedIn is because LinkedIn right now is an optimal channel for many marketers. And let me just tell you why, as Dave described, there is a lot of attention, meaning there's a lot of people like you, me, all of us, that are on LinkedIn and we're hoping to learn something. We're there for something. And it may seem, gosh, there's a lot of posts in my feed. I see a lot of things going on. But I just want to underscore something that Dave said that you need to keep top of mind. Less than 1% of people are posting content on LinkedIn. This is a basic game of supply and demand, men and women. You've got a lot of demand, a lot of eyeballs, a lot of you, me, and Dave's on there searching for information. And you've got a very less than 1%, a low supply of content. Meaning when you are there and you take the leap and you start to produce content on behalf of your customers and you, it applies for you, in a way where your customer's audience, your audience, are getting value, you have the ability to get that content in front of a lot of people because again, demand is high, supply is low, your content gets shared really to a lot of people. So again, right now, LinkedIn is an optimal channel. As Dave flashed on the screen, there's channels like Clubhouse. There's channels like TikTok. There's many different places. And again, we want to follow the attention because as marketers, I say this all the time, we don't get brownie points for sending emails. We don't get brownie points for posting on social. We don't get brownie points for putting that video up, right? We're all doing this so that we can help our organization and help our client's organization grow. And if we want to help them grow, we need to get their content in front of the eyeballs of their ideal customer profile wherever they hang out 
how unemotional to how we, the vehicle of getting them there. You want to, again, be an advocate for your clients by helping them take advantage of the places that their customer's attention is high and the cost to be there is low. What I want to do right now, I want to get the questions lined up for you. I want everybody to keep sending in those questions. What I've done, folks, is I've consolidated all of the myriad questions that you sent in advance of this session. I tried to bucket them for Mackenzie. So Mac, get ready. They're coming up here on the screen in right. a second. But before <laughs> I do that, I want to ask all of you a question. In that brief monologue there, setting the stage for what we're talking about, what was one aha moment that you had? What was something that Mackenzie said or that I showed you that unlocked something for you that gave you a new insight? All right, Mackenzie, first up here. There's a question right. that came in. I'm already using a few different technologies to create digital campaigns for my clients, but gluing them together, that was the word they use, gluing them together is painful and costly. How do I resolve this? And then I think the second question here is then how do I actually make this opti-channel? So what are your thoughts on that? Awesome. Yeah. So whoever uh, asked this question, great question. I want to actually first start out by saying, first things first, good job. You're using multiple channels, which means you're far ahead with than the other people who are only maybe using one. So you're there, you're doing great. I think the biggest thing for me when I think about why this is important, how you resolve this is by recognizing and telling your customers the huge advantage that they have or the huge ad value that they have when you combine different channels. So as an example, you may be sending emails, you may be driving people from a direct mail to a landing page. Let's just pretend your customer is a nonprofit, right? And they're doing an appeal campaign. They want to raise some funds, right? So you are, as you say here, you're doing multiple, you're doing different things, gluing them together. You've got one platform where you're sending emails out of, okay? For that customer. You are also sending direct mail. You've got a place where there's a landing page that people can go and actually put their donations. And maybe you actually use text messaging for them to talk with some of their high donors, right? They're, they're really high value donors. So that's great that you're doing all those things, but let me just walk you through the value that you can gain when you do them all together. So you've got the email and the direct mail, let's call it driving to the same landing page. I'm talking about now gluing them together. When the person gets to the landing page, they go on there and some of them, let's say, are going to bounce, right? They're going to get busy. Their kid's going to scream or whatever it is, but some of them are going to submit a payment. And now if you've got another platform where you have to go pull the data from the landing page visits and the people who actually donated, and then you got to upload it into your email system, which is another email. There's a lag in time there, right? There's a gap. Now imagine if immediately your system recognized, oh, this is one of our top 10 or top hundred or however many donors. And so to that person, you send an immediately triggered text message message saying, Dave, as always, you are a high value donor. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for that donation. Simultaneously to everyone else, you send an email for the people that get there, but they leave maybe 20 minutes later, you send them a little personal note. It looks like it's personal from your founder that says, Hey, we noticed you visited our page to donate. Thank you so much for taking the first action. I'm sure you're busy. You mind just going back and completing that purchase because you're going to help so many lives or whatever that is. Do you see the difference how when they work together, there's a lot more value that you can bring to your customers. And so the first thing here, when I ask you, how do you resolve this? Number one, by understanding that there's value in doing it together. You're greater than the sum of your part. So that's the first thing I would say. Do you have any thoughts there, Dave? How often are you finding the printers that are here or the agencies that are here with us are gluing together solutions? How often do we see? Honestly, I, I see it a lot. Okay. And I actually say, like I said here, good thing you're doing those things. You're already ahead of the curve. The other thing is that a lot of people that I talk to are pretty hamstrung on time. They're busy. And so the first thing that I point out is when you consolidate, you save yourself a lot of times. 
it's a lot of time, right? You don't have to be going here and going there and then going here and going there. And so I see a lot of people doing it, but once they realize, typically they don't realize that they can actually do them all together, that they can work in concert together. They're able to do that. They're like, this is a no brainer. And then for this part portion, this person said that it's painful and costly. I just wanna now talk about that portion, which is the costly portion. Bingo, you are cutting into a lot of your margin when you're using multiple platforms. Let me repeat that again. When you're using multiple platforms that aren't in concert with one another, not only are you missing an opportunity to add value and have them work together, but you are cutting into your margin because at the end of the day, you need to sell your services at this at the rate at the going rate, right? Now, if your costs are this much higher, than they would be if you had a platform. This is your margin you're cutting into, right? And so when you can realize that you can consolidate these and not pay six different licenses for six different technologies that all do something, you cut down your costs and you increase your margin. So that's a big thing as service providers, you're always trying to remain cost competitive while also keeping your margins front and center because we all got to make money. Yep. And so I think that's a big aha for agencies, printers, marketing services providers when we have this conversation. It's not just about the value, although that's important. It's about the fact that you have an opportunity to gain more revenue from it. Next question here is, am I missing out on digital budget or spend because I'm only offering my clients print? Thoughts? So this kind of actually goes into what we were just talking about before. So I guess I foresaw this person's question. The answer is yes. Unwavering, yes. You are missing out on opportunity for digital budget. Actually, I had a customer that came to me, this was actually last December, and he is an automotive marketer. So he runs marketing campaigns for the automotive space. At that time he was doing I don't want to say only mail to, to say that it's just one thing, but he was doing mail alone. That's the mm -hmm. only single okay. channel. And literally the reason why he called us is because he said, and I'm not quoting him, but this is basically what he said. My customers have a big digital budget that I'm A, going to lose some of their business on the print side and B, it's a huge bucket that I have no idea how to take advantage of. What do I do? So the answer is yes, you're missing out, but there's something more important than that. More important than missing out on the budget is that you are missing out on an opportunity to deliver more more value to your customers. You are missing out on an opportunity to get more data, to collect more data. Again, someone asked, I think it was Amy. Amy said, hey, how do I know what the optimal channel is? At first, you may not. You can make some assumptions. You can look at where the audience is. But as Dave said, the judge and the jury is the customer, is the recipient. And so if you are only doing print and you're not doing those digital things, not only are you missing out on the budget, but more importantly, you're missing out on opportunity to find out where your customer's audience is. Imagine if you add other channels, let's say you you take that list that you're mailing and you import it to Facebook and you import it to LinkedIn and you run ads and you notice holy F, my Facebook results on that same list are huge. You, not only did you get the ability to gather data and, and, and get their message out there more, but you just figured out that Facebook is an optimal channel for your audience, right? Yep. And so yep. I just want you to think about the insight that you can gain along with the budget that you can capture by doing these things. Does that make sense? Here's a nice question, Mackenzie. And we got this one a lot. This came from multiple people. What's the top mistake that you see printers and agencies making when they offer these services to their clients? I, I've got one that I, comes to my mind, but I want to hear what you have to say first. So I'm actually going to go a little bit different on this answer. Okay. Kind of what you were talking about before. I think the biggest mistake is not offering something because they don't know about it or they haven't used it. So 
For me, Dave mentioned TikTok. A lot of you said you don't know what TikTok is. I want to talk to you about, let's just say you have a, a major brand, a soda brand, or some sort of restaurant or whatever it is, and you're doing mail for them, and maybe you're doing email and you're doing whatever, all these channels, but you don't offer them to run a video on TikTok because you don't use TikTok and you don't know about it. That's a vulnerability. You have just missed a huge opportunity because you don't know about and you're not comfortable with it. So again, going back to what Dave was talking at the beginning, I want to underscore, it doesn't matter if I'm on that or you're on that or your brother's on that or someone that who's of similar age or demographic is on it. It's about figuring out where they are and being okay with trying things that you don't know. So I took that a little bit different, maybe yeah. specific here. Yeah, that's good. Where I was going to go with this, Mackenzie, is in our years of working with printers and agencies, I would say that there's one thing that stands out between those who end up making it and those who end up floundering. And one of those very primal differences is ownership or somebody with gravitas in the organization becoming a champion for leading the company in this direction. So that person has to have the organizational strength to be able to say, look, folks, this is the direction we're going. This is where the world is going and you need to get on board. I'm going to learn everything I need to know to support you. And this is how our, our organization is going to move forward. That champion, that cheerleader, if not present, leaves a void in the organization. There's no one for folks to turn to to say, hey, so can you tell me more about TikTok? I don't understand what McKinsey was saying, why it's a vulnerability. Bob, can you help me understand this so I can go talk Talk to my customer and be effective. So they need a champion. You need a champion within the organization. That champion can be connected with somebody like McKinsey or somebody else out there in the industry who can give them these answers. But I would say from my perspective, it's lacking that champion, lacking that organizational sponsor, especially in let's say a traditional, if I could say that traditional print company, that's something that I think uh, everybody needs to consider. I want to add something. Good news. I talk to a lot of, let's call it people that are not in a leadership role that want to do these things. They're excited by them. They know it's important, but they don't have senior leadership on board, which huge takeaway that Dave just said. And by the way, one of the sessions we're going to share with you when you stay to the end actually talks about this exact thing for one of our customers. So that's going to be important to you. But I've got some good news for you. Because of COVID, a lot I have personally seen, so this is my experience, I have yeah. seen a lot of leaders who are traditionally traditional, right? They're like, that digital stuff, nah. They have because of their loss in revenue or because of their pivot, what they have to do, they've actually been forced to become more open-minded. I've personally seen that. Maybe you've seen That's that or haven't, but I think that because the landscape has changed and mm -hmm. everyone's going through that and it's been forced and shoved into our faces, I've actually been able to see sales professionals that say, you know what? I told my company, this is what we're doing and this is what we're doing now. We've got a little bit more credibility because a lot of people are scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. And so they're like, F it, let's try it. And yep. so if you've heard no before, if you've been trying to get a champion, but no one gets on board, secret, now's a good time to go back and knock on that door and say, hey, are you ready for me? Because what are we going to do now? Next question that came in here, we're the best, we're the world's best at print and mail. We can do it better than anybody, but not digital communication. How do I overcome that weakness? Mackenzie, what, what do you advise people who feel like, hey, we're really good in this, now adding in digital, which we're not experts in, we have no idea what we're talking about here. How do they overcome that vulnerability? Yeah, so I have a few points here. The first one is like Dave alluded to, there are so many people out there, even just on LinkedIn, that you can partner with, pick their brain, talk about it, ask them, hey, we do this, I see you do this, but I also see that you do something else, right? You almost aspire to be like them. You look up to them. 
listen, people love to share. You think, you know what, we're in competition, but at the end of the day, I have seen so many people in our community share what they're doing and help. So the first thing is get out of your own way and don't be afraid to ask, right? Because if you don't ask, you're not going to get an answer. So it's okay that you're not there yet, but you'll get there when you ask, when you try. The other thing, and this is a little bit different of an angle, but sometimes I think that we, and I'll speak for myself, I have the tendency to overcomplicate things. I remember back, and if you've heard of some of our other webinars, you may have heard this story, but Dave and I moved over to taking over marketing in about 2015. Prior to that, I had never been in marketing. I was in sales development. Previous to that, I worked in advertising and I put this marketing on a pedestal. I was like, how am I going to learn to do that? And there was things where Dave's like, Hey, go try that. And I was like, Dave, I don't know how to do that. And I overcomplicated it. And so what I'm going to encourage you to do is simplify it. Let's just talk about it. You're good at print and mail. Let's talk about a print and mail workflow, right? Okay. I have a customer. I'm going to use the, the automotive dealership in this example, just to give some different ones. I'm a printer. I'm great at print and mail. I send print and mail on behalf of automotive dealerships, right? Cool. Okay, I don't know about digital, but let's just walk this walk through the recipient, the person who you're sending this mail to, right? Dealership sends mail to Dave. Dave receives the mail piece. Cool. That's what you're good at. Who's Dave? We want what do we want Dave to do? Oh, we want Dave to book a test drive. We want Dave to come in for a renewal. We want Dave to come in for a service. Dave is busy. Dave is on his cell phone. Dave's got four kids. Dave's got all Dave's on his computer all day. What's the best way that Dave wants to respond to that print? Does he want to pick up the phone and wait in a queue and hear the lovely music as you wait? Or does Dave want to text in, hey, Monday at four? What do you want to do? And so you may not be an expert in digital, but when you bring it down to the experience of the recipient, it's not, you don't need to overcomplicate it. And then once you think, okay, I've got this idea, then go ask people who've done similar things, but put yourself in the recipient's shoes, rely on partners, ask questions, and try not yeah. to overcomplicate it because you can learn as you go. Yeah, partners are key. And that's one reason why we're investing in you, community, to help you because we know it's tough times. If you remember back to what I said at the beginning, we're bringing you this information because we know it's tough. And we know, as you just said, McKinsey, I saw somebody say this to you, your comment about the transformation of traditional business is spot on. It's the greatest silver lining this past year. That's why we're investing in you and bringing you these thought leadership opportunities here to learn from people like McKinsey and others. And we've got a great guest lined up for next week. And so there's just a lot of opportunity if you take the time to learn it and to lean into partnerships. Did you want to ask? I just want to make one last point. And I think yeah. this is very important. This question asks, hey, we're good at this, but we're not a digital. It's a weakness. Everything I just said applies to you, even if you are a digital specialist. So there's many things that I do every day, but make no mistake about it. I wake up every day and I go learn from people who I aspire to, even if I feel like I'm an expert at something. So in this case, they're saying, hey, we're, we're good at print and mail, not at digital. I want to pretend this person said, hey, we're good at print and mail and digital. And I want to learn, I want to overcome something. Even if you are an expert, a daily practitioner, something that you're good at, you need to always be learning Boy. and learning at the rate faster than your experience. Never That's stop learning. So... Mackenzie, let's imagine that there are folks here who are maybe in the early phases of thinking about how do I offer this to my customers? First of all, how do I even identify who the right clients in my portfolio are for opti-channel digital marketing services? How do you answer that when somebody asks you that? So I answered a few ways. The first one is it's easier to try something new on a customer who you have a good relationship with. So that auto dealership that I told, or the direct uh, mail marketer, his name is Bob, let's call him, who came to us in December. He said, listen, 
I have a few dealerships that I work with that I'm actually really close with. They're my buddies. We've been working together for a long time. Again, if you want to try something new, look into your portfolio of customers. Who is open to ideas? Who do you have a good relationship with? Who do you think is, hey, you know what? I think this person would be down to try this new thing. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, Think about what OptiChannel does, right? It allows you to generate awareness and engagement from a group of people. So look into your customer portfolio, who is mailing with you or who's doing Facebook ads with you or who's doing whatever they're doing with you that you're offering in hopes of a response. Any customer of yours that's doing work with you in hopes of a response, that's a no brainer, right? Because all these channels give you the ability to get more people to respond. Who in your customer base is looking to grow their audience? Who's looking for better results? If, if It sounds ridiculous, but who isn't, right? So I think that your portfolio is, is wide and full with people who want to do better. That's why they're working with you in the first place. But you may want to connect with the people who are open to new ideas at first, because then what happens is you get a few wins under your belt. You get some experience and now you're not selling something that you heard of. You're selling something that you just ran a program for and you got kick a results. And now you can go share that with the other people who may not be as receptive. I was thinking as you were talking about that, Mackenzie, one of the things that, you know, and again, I'm, if I'm speaking to my commercial print friends here that, that I have seen with commercial printers over the years is that to your point, Mackenzie, about thinking about what is the outcome of the mail that you're printing? What is the outcome of the direct mail that you are manufacturing? You have to think, and this is up to you and your organization if you choose to do this, but you're manufacturing that print, that mail for some marketing objective, some purpose, right? And if you stop thinking about yourselves solely as the manufacturer, which is a very important thing, obviously, but if you think to yourself, how do I engage myself in the conversation with the folks on the other end who need to generate leads, who need to create those sales, who need to get the phone ringing, right? When you start having conversations with them about the things that we're talking about here, then you start to identify within your portfolio who can actually employ these services. And I would argue it's pretty much everyone. All right. I just, I'm going to get off my soapbox for a second there. Mackenzie, this question came in a lot of different facets to create and manage campaigns. Who do I need? There were questions like, um, who do I need in sales leadership? Who do I need on my sales team? Who do I need to build campaigns? So how do we look at that when we're talking to prospective clients and, and our customers about the staffing that they need to support this? Just to your point earlier, First of all, you need leadership or someone who can sign off on these things, who has a forward vision, who's customer obsessed and wants to bring value. Number one, get that person on board. The champion, as Dave calls it. I think from a sales perspective, you also have to be an advocate, like I talked about, for your clients and be obsessed with learning new things, right? Just the mere fact that you are here today signals to me that's you. So you need people like you who were thinking, I got clients and I want to do better for them. So I'm going to go learn. You are a valuable asset. So I just want to commend you for being here because you've already taken action. I think on the building side, I think that something I say, and I know Val's here. I spoke to Val the other day with, with a few members of her team. And I said, you got to plan for your current reality while also taking future considerations into or future hopes into consideration. And what I mean by that is if you say I need a programmer, a developer, an email marketing specialist, a content creator, a creator who does digital ads, a digital ad specialist, right? These are all, this is your dream list. I just list your dream list. But if you tell yourself, I need all those things before I start, you're not even going to start. If you've got an organization and you're doing a bunch of things right now and you want to take it to the next level, here's my dream list for you. A leader who sees the vision, 
sales professionals who advocate on behalf of their customers, a programmer, an email marketing specialist, a content creator, a copywriter, a digital ad specialist. This is like future, future hope. Or if you're already there, this is fine tuning. In Dave's case, he does a lot of webinars. He's got an incredible setup. So for Dave, he needs all those things because he's already at a point where he's been doing this for a long time. But for someone who wants to run their first webinar, I would never tell them to go buy that setup because they're never going to start. All you need is a computer. And it's the same thing with offering digital campaigns. Yeah, exactly. If you are starting out, I want you to think that you need a partner who's going to help you do that at first. Because as that person who ran digital marketing campaigns, he literally told me I could sell ice to Eskimos, but I'm never going to touch technology today. I said, hire for that later. Partner with a team who can actually implement those programs for you at first. So I think you need to take into consideration where you are and ask yourself, what is it I need today to take the next step and fill that gap first. Hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed part one of the discussion. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I want you to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating, leave us a review so that I can feature you on the next show. Okay, so make sure to leave a rating, leave a review, and I'll read that review on the air during the next episode. Keep an eye out for part two of this conversation. This is where we're going to be getting into the questions from the printers and the agencies, the marketing services companies that are in the audience. I think you're going to want to hear what's on their mind because it's going to help inform you as to what you should be thinking about to stay in lockstep with the rest of the industry. So I hope you enjoyed part one and I look forward to seeing you in part two of the discussion. Have a great rest of the day. Bye-bye.